So remember when I told you last week that I preferred when we could just talk sports <laughs> and not involve the news cycle or politics? Well, that feels like a distant memory. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. And guys, before we get it rolling, please take a moment out and leave us that rating, review, subscribe. We've got Heartland College Sports koozies. For your beers this summer, you get one for free by leaving me a rating and a review on the podcast and then sending me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. It would mean the world to me if you do it. So do it, and we'll get you a free koozie in the mail. Thanks, guys. And what a whirlwind week it has been for one Big 12 program, that program being none other than the Oklahoma State Cowboys. What an S show. There's no other way to put it. So (laughs) if you've been living under a rock um, and you're a college sports fan, Mike Gundy went on a fishing trip this past weekend. There was a picture that surfaced of Mike Gundy coming back or going out on this fishing trip, and he was wearing a T-shirt for OAN. That is one America news network. Now, as somebody that works by day in Kansas City, In the news media, I am familiar with OAN. It is a very uh, pro-President Trump cable network that makes Fox News look like CNN. I mean, (laughs) that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. So Mike Gundy wears this T-shirt, and uh, it starts to get some traction on social media. And I guess that was Tuesday morning. And um, Chuba Hubbard, of course, the star running back for the Oklahoma State Cowboys, likely a Heisman contender, He retweets that photo and he writes, I will not stand for this. This is completely insensitive to everything going on in society. And it's unacceptable. I will not be doing anything with Oklahoma State until things change. Now, players started chiming in. uh, Former players started chiming in. uh, Justice Hill, former running back, writes, OSU Athletics and University needs major change. 100% support. A.J. Green, cornerback, writes, can't stay silent anymore. Call a spade a spade. But when this whole thing started breaking, I said to myself, what's the end game here? I mean, Mike Gundy is wearing a T-shirt for a cable network that, uh, let's be honest, Chuba Hubbard probably had somebody tell him about. I mean, I talked to so many people this week who are very new savvy, who are like, yeah, I might have heard OAN, but I, you know, I don't really know anybody on there. Like, I'm in the news media as well, and I can barely think of one person that works on TV at OAN. Like, it's not really that big of a platform. Some people might tell you otherwise, but it's really not that big of a platform. It's not. And it's very pro-President Trump. So I'm confused by what, Chuba Hubbard is saying here. He doesn't like the fact that I guess Mike Gundy has a t-shirt on, which by the way, he's going fishing. He's probably not wearing his Sunday best. (laughs) We don't know how he got this t-shirt. No idea. What if somebody gave him the t-shirt? It's a raggedy old shirt. He's like, yeah, sure. I'll wear it to go fishing. But even if that's not the case, are we saying that because the face of the football program and Mike Gundy watches a TV channel, that happens to be very in favor of the person in the White House, we are going to sit here 
and say, I'm done playing for the guy? I, I mean, if you have been following Mike Gundy at all throughout his career and just following, you know, the things he says, what his beliefs might be, if this surprises you at all that Mike Gundy is more likely to vote for a Donald Trump than, say, a Hillary Clinton, like, you're living under a rock, okay? You are living under a rock. Now, if there's something else systemic going on, then go right to Gundy. Then go right to Gundy and have that conversation with him mano a mano. And here's what played out. So on Tuesday night, a video was released with Chuba Hubbard and Mike Gundy. And here's what they had to say. In light of today's tweet with the uh, T-shirt I was wearing, um, I uh, I've met with um, some players and uh, realized it's a very sensitive issue with what's going on uh, in today's society. And so we had a great meeting and uh, made aware of some things that uh, players feel like that can make our organization or our culture even better than it is here at Oklahoma State. And I'm looking forward to making some changes, and it starts at the top with me, and we got good days ahead. I'll start off by first saying that I went about, I went about it the wrong way by tweeting. I'm not someone that, you know, has to you know, tweet something to make change. I should have went to him as a man, and I'm, all, I'm more about action. So that was bad on my part. But from now on, we're going to focus on bringing change, and that's the most important thing. So what you hear there at the end is the two guys high-fiving each other. Um, and, and I don't want to pit these two guys, Mike Gundy and Chuba Hubbard, against each other. I really don't. I don't think any of us should. But so many people listened to that video, and they came away saying, Gundy didn't apologize, and Chuba Hubbard did, and that's everything that's wrong with college sports. What is Mike Gundy going to apologize for? Wearing a T-shirt of a TV network? Well, guess what happened? They got their apology. They did. Mike Gundy on Tuesday night did a minute-long video on Twitter. Here's what it sounded like as he apologized for, yes, wearing a T-shirt. I had a great meeting with our team today. Our players expressed their feelings as individuals and as team members. They helped me see through their eyes how the T-shirt affected their hearts. Once I learned how that network felt about Black Lives Matter, I was disgusted and knew it was completely unacceptable to me. I want to apologize to all members of our team, former players and their families for the pain and discomfort that has been caused over the last two days. Black lives matter to me. Our players matter to me. These meetings with our team have been eye-opening and will result in positive changes for Oklahoma State football. I sincerely hope the Oklahoma State family near and far will accept my humble apology as we move forward. Well, just between you and me, I'm not accepting the apology. And not for the reason that you think, but because the whole thing now has become bogus. Completely bogus. And I'm trying to see if Mike Gundy's blinking, you know, every X amount of seconds trying to send us Morse code on where he's hiding in Stillwater and, and what, uh, you know, what basement he's stuck in as he's forced to read this script. But come on. This is out of control. Now, Chuba Hubbard has a right to feel, and any other player has a right to feel like he wants to feel. 
But this notion that Gundy's got to go on a social media apology tour over a T-shirt for a television network is ridiculous. Okay? It's ridiculous. And that's not picking sides. That's not taking Mike Gundy over Chuba Hubbard. Maybe you can say that, you know what, Gundy should have been a little bit more cognizant of, of your surroundings, where we are right now in this country. Politically, you are the biggest public figure or one of the biggest public figures in the state. It's always possible someone's going to get a photo of you, put it on social media. Maybe that can be your critique. But this notion that he's going to go out there and talk about, I was disgusted, it's unacceptable to me. I want to apologize for the pain and discomfort my T-shirt gave you. We are losing our minds. And guess what? I don't care what T-shirt you want to wear. It doesn't matter about my political beliefs. You know, if Gundy's wearing a, a KKK T-shirt or something like that, uh, you know, we got a problem, right? Got a problem. Got a major problem. But a T-shirt for a television network is forcing a coach into an apology that millions of people have now viewed on Twitter and other forms of social media. But here's the thing. With all that being said, I don't blame Mike Gundy for apologizing because Mike Gundy makes about $5 million a year. And if Mike Gundy said, I'm not apologizing, this is crazy, what happens? Maybe he's got to resign. They let him go. But clearly, this video is done because his administration did not have his back on this. They did not want to deal with the blowback. So they said, Coach, can you please apologize? And Mike Gundy can either say yes or he can say no, and who knows what the outcome is from there. But for a guy that's making five mil a year, who's got another 10 years ahead of him probably, if he wants, of coaching, that's tens of millions of dollars that he is potentially leaving on the table for himself, his kids, his future grandkids, and everybody else in the family. He basically put his ego aside and said, you know what? If it means i got to suck it up and do this, I will do it. Do I think deep down Mike Gundy believes the words that he just said? I don't. But this is, uh, this is crazy. This is completely crazy. And it is mob rule. It really is. I, I'd rather talk about sports on this show. <laughs> I'd rather talk about games and previewing the season. But this is the biggest story in sports this week, and it's in our conference. It's in the Big 12, and one thing you're always going to get from me, you don't have to love it, but you're already always going to get from me my honest and unfiltered opinion. I promise you that, and I've always promised you that since we started this show a couple of years ago. And that's where we are today. We are living, it seems like, in the twilight zone. Pete Mundo on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Uh, let's talk about this and also talk some football, actually, with Derek Duke. You read him all the time on heartlandcollegesports.com. He's coming up next. We now say hello to Derek Duke. You read him all the time on heartlandcollegesports.com. Heartland College Sports Weekly is the show. I'm Pete Mundo. 
Well, Derek, already it's been uh, tough for those of us that would prefer to just talk sports and not news and not politics. Um, but now you have Oklahoma State, Mike Gundy, the biggest sports story of the week right in our conference. Uh, take me through the emotional roller coaster for you this week, trying to make sense of this story and what it all means for Oklahoma State, if anything, going forward. I think just uh, being aware of everything that's going on in the world and in our, in our communities, and whether whether it may be and around college campuses, even across the Big 12, we all understand what's going on and how people are, are feeling about everything going on. Everybody's wanted to be treated fairly and equally on an equal level. And then when you have Mike Gundy, you know, spewing out what he did back in April, I mean, you can go back even to April when he made some comments about, you know, the OAN News Network and all these different things, you know, it made people feel really uncomfortable. And then with, when he was talking to the media, a lot of media people reacted. Social media uh, went off as well back then. And then here we are just a, a, not even two months later, it seems like, and he's busting out a, a shirt. He's wearing an OAN shirt right after we have all these protests and everything. And I think for Mike Gundy, he, he's allowed to wear that shirt. And Chuba's definitely allowed to voice his opinion. I don't think Mike Gundy read the room correctly. I think he made a really dumb decision. And whether it was by accident or if he did it on purpose, it just wasn't the right move for me, especially at a time like this going on with everything going on in the country as well. So for me, the timing couldn't have been worse. And I, like I mentioned, I just felt like Mike Gundy just made a, he made a wrong read here. The, and like I said, go ahead. No, the only thing I, and, and I'll add to what you're saying, Derek, and just chime in and, and say, my critique of Gundy is more that maybe, as you're pointing out, um, the guy who's probably the second, maybe third behind Lincoln Riley and the governor, uh, most recognizable face in the state, should be like, hey, even though I'm just going fishing with the kid, um, you know, a picture of me on social media can wind up anywhere at any point in time. But outside of that, you know, does the guy have to get on his hands and knees and apologize for a, a TV network T-shirt? I, I just can't get there. No, I would agree with you. And, and for me, it was also interesting because if you look at some of the former players that chimed in, most most importantly, Justice Hill, who was just a running back there just a few years ago, who's now with the Baltimore Ravens, he mentioned some, some other things possibly going on with the program, not just about the T-shirt. And even Chuba Hubbard, when he came out with the tweet, he didn't say necessarily, while the T-shirt was the big issue here, he did say things. And for me, that kind of makes my mind wonder what really is kind of going on behind closed doors with Mike Gundy. Is he, is he saying one thing and doing the other, but you know, in front of the camera, and then when the cameras are turned off, he's doing a completely different thing. I'm not really sure about that, but it was very interesting, very interesting to see former players kind of speak out on that subject as well. Yeah, it was, it was, that was certainly interesting. So now from here on out, uh, Derek, I mean, this is a team that a lot of people think can challenge uh, for a Big 12 title. Maybe this is the year they get over that uh, bedlam hump that Gundy is 2-13 and 13 in that game. Uh, what kind of impact do you think this will have on a season where the expectations are very high? I think it's either going to go one or two ways, and it's pretty simple. It's either going to make this kind of team stronger and be able to build upon this and you know, kind of reconnect and really kind of get to know one another as a team and, and for Mike Gundy as well, maybe to get, his, to get to know his players even better. You know, know where these guys come from. Know what these guys have been through throughout their childhood and throughout their lives. So for me, it, it could be a great connection from that standpoint that they can build upon. Or this is something that's just going to drive a wedge in between the team and you're starting to point fingers across the locker room. And, 
you know, coaches are saying one thing and players are doing a different thing. So for me, it, it can go either way. You just hope that the results get better and you hope that Mike Gundy's a little bit maybe more understanding of where these players are trying to come from. Being joined by Derek Duke. You read him on heartlandcollegesports.com. I'm Pete Mundo. Always great to have him on and get his perspective on what's going on across the Big 12. So, Derek, as as we look at this conference and college football in general, still no idea what's going to be happening here come the fall. But KU announced that it is going to have uh, kids going home at Thanksgiving, coming back February 1st. So, basically, two primetime winter months. Nobody's on campus, you know, hopefully stemming the tide of a potential second wave of COVID come the winter. What do you think the impact could be on college football and then maybe college basketball? I'll tell you what, the, the disappointing thing for me is how many cases that we're still seeing continue to climb in, in throughout these cities. So for me, that is still an area of concern. While we had numbers going down, now you're seeing numbers possibly triple and quadruple in several different cities here day by day. It seems like it's almost getting worse here. But you hope that we can kind of get through this and get at, you know get to where we need to be. You know, I was hoping that the cases would continue to climb down. And by the time football season was here, you know, we'd be ready to go and Hopefully, you know, maybe not full stands, but at least we can get maybe 50% capacity in some of these places. But as long as these numbers continue to climb for COVID, you know, it's harder and harder to see a college football season just be normal. And obviously this isn't going to be a normal college football season. And that, but that kind of goes across the board for any other sport here, whether it's the NBA, NFL, or, or Major League Baseball still trying to get their things together. But whatever it may be, you know, you're still trying to get back in the groove of normalcy. And I don't think we're going to ever see that. However, however, the school and the state sees fit, you know, you kind of have to get behind that and just hope for the best at this point. Derek, uh, I want to ask you as we look at just team by team and what's happening across the Big 12 Conference right now, um, one team that we haven't spent a lot of time about talking this offseason is Kansas State. Chris Kleiman, year one, I mean, just shocks the Big 12 with, with eight wins. Nobody saw that coming. But they're basically replacing or they're replacing the entire offensive line. Yes, Skylar Thompson is back. What do you think the reasonable expectation should be for Kansas State this fall? Well, I think for Kansas State, I think trying to get back to a bowl game is going to be a big challenge here. Whether It doesn't really matter who you talk to across the board. If you're talking about the Big 12, and when you talk about Kansas State, while they are going to be a great program, I think, under Chris Kleiman, I think Coach Kleiman has done a great job so far, especially in year one, probably even further in the head what we thought they were going to be. But I think this year they're going to take that step back. You, you mentioned losing that offensive line. That was just a crucial, crucial part for them last season. They were able to bully teams up front at times up on the offensive line. So I think they're going to take a step back. When you lose all five-year offensive linemen from the year before, it's, it's, going, to, it's going to take a hit. And the good thing, they're kind of able to cover that with Skylar Thompson at quarterback. But just keep in mind, he's not necessarily a guy that's going to drop back 20 to 20 plus times a game. You know, they're looking for him to maybe drop back 10 to 15 at most for a game because they really want to control the ball. They want to control the clock and they want to play great defense. Those are the three things Kansas State's built upon. As long as they can do that, I find they're going to be successful. How successful they're going to be, I'm not too sure. I, I, right now, if, if you ask me right today to this very moment, I would probably have Kansas State finishing somewhere between seventh and eighth right now Derek let me ask you about uh, a couple of guys near the bottom of the conference or teams who were near the bottom of the conference last year TCU Texas Tech West Virginia of those three TCU Texas Tech West Virginia who are you expecting a bounce back from here as we go into 2020 
I think for me, it's got to be TCU. And I think we've talked about TCU a little bit during this offseason. But Max Duggan, we keep talking about Max Duggan. He is the key holder for that TCU program right now to take that next step. You, you know, think he can do it? Do you back. think he'll do it, Derek? I think he will be able to do it purely off of what I saw last year at the tail end of last year. You could see him getting better and better as the games went on. Obviously, at first, he was more well known as a runner. He can make things happen with his legs. And when he had to, he could make a play with his arm. But I think he got more comfortable as the season went on. And most importantly, you get starting experience in this conference at a Power 5 level. That is huge for any quarterback coming into their second year. So I think that's a really big key for Max as well. I think he'll be able to build upon from his, you know, his freshman season and get better as a passer. And as they can continue to do that, we all know, we talk about this all the time, TCU always seems to have the talent around the quarterback position, whether it's the offensive line. We know defense is going to be Gary's specialty. It always is every year. But if they can make enough plays at the quarterback position, they can finally be a team that's knocking on the door of hopefully competing for a Big 12 title. Because in the last two years, we just have not seen it because of the quarterback play has just been so poor. Derek Duke, you read him on heartlandcollegesports.com. Derek, great to have you on, man. Always appreciate the time, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me on, Pete. Good stuff there from Derek Duke. We appreciate him hopping on the show for a few minutes. You know, I look at it, and um, I, I, I want to see Gary Patterson bounce back. Really do. But the last couple of years, I mean, even the year they got to the Big 12 title game in 2017, I don't want to say it was in spite of Kenny Hill, but they got to figure out that position. You got to go back to Trevon Boykin, which is more than half a decade ago for the last time that TCU's had that quarterback where you say, I feel good about it. Um, and I want Doug to be good. You know, it's tough for a true freshman, but Jalen Rager's gone, by the way. Jalen Rager, first round NFL draft pick, a wide receiver of the Philadelphia Eagles is out the door. So you had great weapons last year, and it wasn't pretty all the time. Was not pretty. But it's going to be interesting. Going to be very interesting. All right, coming up, final thoughts, wrapping up the show on Heartland College Sports Weekly. We've got a few minutes to work with you here. Heartland College Sports Weekly. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is the site. I'm Pete Mundo. Thanks for joining us and being a part of the show. So we're still all wondering what the college football season is going to look like, right? College basketball, for that matter. Might have had a little bit of insight here, courtesy of the University of Kansas. Um, KU announced its plans, if you didn't see this, for returning students in the fall semester. They're going to come back on Monday, August 24th, which is when they were supposed to come back already. But they will conclude the week before Thanksgiving. Then students will have a week off, study week, and then finals will be done remotely. Then the spring semester, instead of starting on January 19th, will start on February 1st with no spring break to help make up for lost time and a delayed start. And as a result, finals week will also remain unchanged for the spring semester. So basically, nobody is going to be on campus from Thanksgiving up until February 1st. Primetime, winter, possible flu season, trying to get ahead of a possible, you know, second wave, winter wave of COVID-19. This seems like a reasonable idea from KU. The question for us, of course, is what does it mean for sports? 
Now, if you think about the college football season and, and how it lines up anyway, you know, you're playing your games, uh, you know, your, your conference championship games are taking place that first weekend in December anyway, right? So the last week of the regular season is typically uh, Thanksgiving week, and that's the case again this year. So I don't know if this means, like, come championship Saturday, maybe championship games are, I don't know, only a quarter full instead of half full. I have no idea. Like I, We don't know even what this season is going to look like in terms of fan capacity. We know that schools like Iowa State are looking at 50% capacity, at least 30,000 fans per game for their games up in Ames. And I would hope that other colleges and universities, especially in the Big 12, can do at least that. Uh, but we don't know. We have no idea what this is all going to look like come late August, early September. So a lot remains up in the air. But maybe we're in a situation where any athletic event that's supposed to take place between Thanksgiving and the start of spring semester is going to be limited to no capacity for fans. And then maybe you get back in February, and depending on where we are locally, uh, where the world is, we start to work fans back into the games. And then, you know, hopefully for March Madness, we could have in the Big 12 tournament – we could have a rock and sprint center and a rocking NCAA tournament because it'll have been two years, two years since the big dance. Once we get to next March, which I know is a ways away. Um, and for the college football playoff, who knows, right? Who knows what that is going to look like, but you have a little bit of insight here into what might uh, be a possibility for some of these schools, depending on what they're going to do and how that whole thing is going to uh, play out moving forward. It's going to be very, very interesting to follow. Quick recruiting note for you, by the way. Uh, Texas now has the best class in the Big 12. Uh, they have the number nine class in the country per 247. They added a pair of big-time secondary prospects, cornerback uh, Ishmael Ibrahim and safety J.D. Coffey, both Dallas-area kids. Both four-star guys as well. So now you've got uh, Texas at the top in the 247 rankings. Baylor is two. OU is three. West Virginia, four. Oklahoma State, five. Iowa State, six. KU, seven. Texas Tech, eight. K-State, nine. And TCU is at 10. This is for the class of 2021. So plenty of time. Uh, not sweating it if you're a TCU Horn Frogs fan, but just saying Texas in that top spot, 13 commits, one five-star, eight four-star guys. And then you got Baylor right now, which is basically Baylor's got 15 three-star guys all on their raw numbers. These will change, but it just gives you a little perspective on where things are. Tom Herman's still recruiting very well, despite the fact that, you know, they disappointed last year and he's going into a, not a make or break year, but you can't go seven and five this year. If you're Tom Herman, all right, you can't do it. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Have a great rest of the week, and don't forget, leave us a rating, review, subscribe. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail if you leave us that rating and review and send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we will get the koozie in the mail for you guys. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great rest of your week.